Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast, a podcast where every other week I interview some of the most inspiring women working in data. They discuss how data is used in various industries, share their knowledge and experience in the field, and equip you with tips to help you overcome challenges on your career and feel great. Let's get straight to it. So I'm here with Karen, and this week we're talking about visibility in the workplace. This is a subject that came around after reading Karen's blog post called The Invisible Analyst. If you haven't yet, you should definitely check it out. Definitely worth a, a reading. And I started to reflect on what I do to stay visible at work. Um, do stay until the end. We want to ask for some help from our listeners. Yeah, it's actually a topic I'm super excited to talk about. And it's weird to say that I'm excited about it because this was such a tough time <laughs> in my life when I wrote, not when I wrote The Invisible Analyst, but the whole story around was really difficult. But I'm excited about talking about this topic. And what we're going to do today is, so both myself and Cecilia, we're going to be sharing our own story of how we improved our visibility in the workplace. And what I find interesting is that we both had two different problems. So Cecilia coming from the fact that she was changing industry during lockdown as well. So starting a new job during lockdown, but in a completely new industry. And on my side, it was more around being very invisible in the workplace so not finding my space in the team delivering great work but being passed for promotions feeling like I didn't belong and all these things yes and we are going to share obviously our experiences but please also share your notes with us uh, your experiences things that work or didn't work in our LinkedIn post uh, when this episode comes out so as you said Karen I was coming into a complete different world coming from hospitality into a data position in a well in an educational company but in a data position and it was back when the whole world was at home and everyone was working from home and everything was completely remote to be very honest my company till this day is completely remote because they understood that it works everyone is happy there and actually they are very flexible in for us to be able to go into shared workspaces to collaborate with other colleagues, which is great because then you go, you go for a very targeted project or something that really needs to happen and you make the most out of that day. And then you also do the socializing at the end, which I love. So <laughs> I was going into this new market. And first of all, the first thing is, well, I need to ask for guidance because I had no idea what to do, what the policies were, where to go and find in the information or even the industry knowledge because it was such a different industry for me. So I needed to ask for help and I had a huge imposter syndrome moment where I thought, oh my God, this is my first position in data. I don't know what I'm doing. I was so afraid and I was afraid and I actually got afraid of asking for help And then I realized it's my first data position. Of course, I don't know anything. It's obvious. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, I think that's a very common problem, the the fear of asking for help because you will feel like maybe that they always think I'm not good enough or I shouldn't be doing that role. Mm-hmm. And that makes it a bit difficult. But as you said, first role in data, if you don't have a better excuse than that to ask questions and ask for help, I don't I don't know how you're going to find one. Exactly. So That's when I had an aha moment. I thought, oh, yeah, but I'm not expected to know everything. I didn't lie on my CV. I explained to them where I'm coming from and all of the everything I've done in my career. So they know. (laughs) So on the visibility piece, because you mentioned how you started when it was all remote and it's still Mm -hmm. actually remote. And I myself find it very difficult to stay visible when mm-hmm. you're in a new organization and working remote, but also on top of that, this is all new. Mm-hmm. What did you do to improve your visibility? And what I guess, what are the different steps that you took? Right. So I think the first thing for me to understand where I was stepping into was to understand the structure of the company itself. So where are people at? What are the teams? Who is the manager? Who does what in which team? I thought that that was super important because once you understand that, if you have a problem, you know where to go. So that was, for me, the first thing I needed. And book time with people. Just, hi, hello, can we have just a quick chat? I just want to understand what you guys do. And it's a great way of meeting people. And again, this was back when everything was fully remote. So we was not completely over Zoom yet. <laughs> and people were actually okay and happy to book meetings with you because, oh, yeah, a, another person to speak to, which is not my partner or my kids or something like that. Uh, <laughs> so that worked pretty well, which I was quite happy with and people and I have to say people in my company are quite open and because we know that everyone is remote everyone is very open the calendars are open to everyone so if there is time just stick a meeting in it uh, put a 30 minutes 15 minutes whatever it is and we'll have a chat I think the second thing and this came a little bit later is show yourself off just Tell everyone what you're doing. Tell everyone what you've achieved or things that you're struggling with. Just make sure that everything you're doing is visible so that people know what's happening so that maybe there's someone in a different team that is doing something quite similar and you can exchange with them. Maybe this is something that will make someone else's life easier at work. Maybe their work will be affected and they'll be in a more positive way or or more negative ways, how this is going to impact the company as a whole. So I think you just don't sell yourself short. Tell people what you're doing. I mean, even today I had a meeting with my boss and I showed her something I've been working on for months, a data cleaning script, and I showed it to her. She's not necessarily very technological tech but she looked at it, she's like, this is brilliant. This is going to make our life so much easier for future. <laughs> so, you know, if she's happy, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, and I think on, on that point, it's a really good point, right? So showcasing your work and advocating for yourself is quite important. And that definitely helps increase the visibility. Mm-hmm. 
you come from a sales background, so these things are yeah. a bit easier for you than for other people. And they are. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, but again, you know, but then I'm challenged in, in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. But what I was thinking, so if someone who is not feeling very comfortable showcasing their work, I, something I found that worked really well in the past is maybe finding an advocate in the organization to share mm-hmm. your work. Or something I've done with my team in the past is creating a team newsletter where you were sharing each other's work. And then if you're the one who's creating this newsletter, that means you end up talking with so many different people. Mm -hmm. And then it increases your visibility by talking to different people to put the content together. And while you're also promoting your work on the newsletter, you're also promoting someone else's work. So it feels a bit less like bragging and it's more this is what it's more like I guess data literacy mm-hmm. helping the organization know more yeah. about data and what the team's been doing yeah absolutely and I think it's also I mean this is the channel that worked for me because again like you said this is where I feel comfortable right mm. I'm selling I'll sell anything <laughs> but this is what I this is what I feel comfortable in doing so I'm happy to talk to anyone and just tell them what is happening and what I'm doing. And sometimes I'll get it wrong. And sometimes I'll say something that is very off of what I should be saying, but I'm trying. And yes, maybe some, maybe a newsletter format, something written down would be more your, your way of communicating your achievements, which is, I mean, everything is valid, but it's, but again, just put yourself out there. You need to, you do need to sell yourself somehow. If it's chatting or newsletter or written <laughs> or emails, I mean, you know, that's, that's when we can get a little bit creative. Yeah. And that definitely gives other people, as you said, ideas on pieces of work to do and show also what you can, mm-hmm. you can be doing, leading to doing more interesting work after. Yeah. Yeah. But you know how my, <laughs> we said at the beginning, our, experience around visibility was very different so I'm not salesy at all (laughs) (laughs) when I started my career I had this kind of yeah false sense of security that if I was doing a good job in terms of delivering great analytics good quality no mistakes or few mistakes that people could trust my work having a good delivery process in place then my work would be recognized and people would think that. Uh, they will see the value. I learned the hard way that this wasn't the case. And this happened when I found myself in a role that was quite commercial. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't appreciated how commercial it was going to be and the need to be in client meetings and feel comfortable presenting your work and talking to people all the time. And I was very happy hiding behind my screen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what happened is I had people who were joining the organization and they were getting promoted. So they were joining after me, getting promoted faster or working on projects where I should have been subject matter expert Mm -hmm. and I wasn't working on this project. I had to report into them for this project. So they were leading on the project and I was taking a back step and I was like why is it not me yeah that's very frustrating yeah that's very frustrating 
And I started thinking, oh my God, they're horrible people maybe. <laughs> but then I realized, no. So something that made me realize that it was something I wasn't doing right. And I had, it's not even that I wasn't doing right, that I wasn't visible enough in the organization is one day. So that was pre-pandemic. We were already on Zoom and working from home from time to time. I joined a, a meeting, which I wasn't always joining. So that was a weekly business review type of meeting with all the commercial team. Mm -hmm. And someone was saying that they didn't feel comfortable no, they were losing business because they didn't get analytic support in meetings and they felt like they could really benefit from having an analyst explaining things around the data, the analysis and answering questions on the fly because what was happening oh. is they would go to the meeting, people would ask questions, they wouldn't necessarily fully know how to answer different mm -hmm. things because they didn't have the full view of the data and they didn't feel like they had support on that. Guess who was working on their project? <laughs> oh no. So what did you do then? What? How was your reaction from this? Yeah, so this is, I guess, this is how crazy it was. This is how invisible I was. No one noticed I was on that call. <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> that, that's the first thing. So I was like, okay, you know, when you have the moment where you're like, oh, this person just said, I'm not good at my job. <laughs> oh yeah. And they didn't say it this way, but that's what it meant. And this and is the only thing you hear too from that conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Because th there is no, so they did say later on when I caught up that in terms of work quality, I was the person they trusted most in the team. Mm. But on the communication side, I was lacking quite a lot there. So obviously what happened is I turned off the screen, cried a little, said <laughs> I don't want to work there anymore. But then weekend arrived. And then on Monday, I decided, you know what? This happened. There is a reason for it. I'm going to ask why. So I went to them, said, hey, I was on this call this is what you said. I would like to be better. Can you please help me understand why you're saying that and what it is that I can do to make it better? And this person really helped me. Um, so they were very understanding, very willing to help. And they kind of mentored me for, for a long time on that. But that's also very brave. I mean, to get in and go, right. So this wasn't good. Can you help? I mean, it's, not a lot of people have are uh, humble and feel feel comfortable approaching the head of the project in that way. I mean, Cecilia, it's that or accepting that I'm terrible at my job. I can't, I can't. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I knew, I was thinking there is something I need to find out what it is so I can become better. <laughs> so I I went down and we worked together. And I think the first step, as you said, asking for support, asking for help, this question of how can I get better mm -hmm. was really important and helped me quite a lot. And from that, what transpired is actually no one knew me in the organization. My work was just being delivered. They knew it was going to be delivered, so they didn't have to chase. So that means they didn't really have to talk to me that much. And I was just there without being there. So I had to start really turning things around and making people notice me, getting to know who I was as a person, as an analyst, what value I could add and getting more comfortable 
talking to different people. I used to be very uncomfortable talking to people. And now I talk to people all the time. So this is how the podcast actually came across as well. It was on top of wanting to give back to the community and and bringing more lights on some amazing female role models. Mm-hmm. It was also a way for me to get out of my comfort zone and and get to talk to people <laughs> yeah. without being terrified. Which worked quite well, I, I must say. I feel like a completely different person. But yeah, so I started, you know, joining more client meetings and this can be a bit difficult. So really going step by step. So one step at a time for me, it was. So mm-hmm. before going, I was preparing like crazy, making sure I knew what I was going to say, asking for the agenda before working with the commercial team. So we were fully aligned and someone had my back in case I was having a problem. It's a good um, point. Yeah. Yeah. And then practicing. And then, you know, the more you do it, the better it is. Yeah. Something I... I found helpful as well was presenting internally, even if it wasn't my work, just like co-presenting, so co-hosting all hands meetings. That was quite, quite helpful. Just like doing the transition. Oh, now we're going to talk about this and this person is going to be talking. That helped me be more comfortable. Mm -hmm. I did the storytelling workshop with Shola K, which was amazing. I I had a good time. And then the the newsletter as well I I mentioned earlier that was a, a really good help because not only it helped me but it also helped the team in general because very often what mm-hmm. happens is we do amazing work in data it's very hard for other people in the business to to see it mm-hmm. and, uh, so that's what we were talking about in the episode before when we were right. together where people don't necessarily understand what it is that we're doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So having that newsletter actually made a lot of difference in, in the organization. I think, yeah, no, I, I do love the newsletter idea and it's something I'd love to implement just in general, but also at the same time. Do I have time? But, you know, it's one of those, you always create time if you want to. It's very time consuming. I think the problem you will have is that you don't have a data team, right? It's just you, Mm. the data team. While when I did it, we had a team. So for me, it was about helping other people. So starting by leading the project and then training other people to lead it and then sharing the different tasks between the team. While if you are one person, it can be quite a lot to take on, yeah. Yeah, but this might change a little bit. But anyways, moving on. (laughs) Exciting. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right, so I think that's that's my story. This is how I I improve my visibility. So it was about, first of all, identifying what the problem was, why I was invisible, asking for support to the right person to help me address that and then starting to make myself more visible in the organization by presenting at all hands, running a newsletter and then joining client meetings later on when I felt comfortable. These are the steps I took. But as you said, Cecilia, at the beginning, we would love to hear from listeners and their invisibility or visibility stories. So do head on LinkedIn and, and share your story. Yes, please. All right. It was lovely chatting with you, Cecilia. We think this is the last episode before September. So we're on on a bit of a break. 
Summer break, yes. Yeah. See you in September. See you in September. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new guest. Until then, if you have two minutes, it would be great if you could leave us a rating or a review as it helps not only to make the podcast more visible, but also to enhance the content. If you don't want to miss the next episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are also on LinkedIn. And if you wish to, you can even register to the community for free. All you have to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. Have a great day.